Hey, ebook readers, right now, the Flight Attendant Joe series ebooks are only $2.99. That's Fasten Your Seatbelts and Eat Your Fucking Nuts, Flight Attendant Joe, and I'm Just Here for the Layovers on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo, $2.99 each. Hey, everybody, if you enjoy listening to Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, now is your chance to become a patron of the podcast. Go check out www.patreon.com slash grounded with flight attendant Joe. There's different tiered levels and each of one of them comes with something special and unique, including the Friday debrief, which is a short podcast episode that I record on Friday mornings, just me and my coffee. And it's only available on the Patreon page for patrons. So again, check that out. www.patreon.com slash grounded with flight attendant Joe. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 39 of the Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe podcast. Wow, 39 episodes. I know I say this every time. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I hope you had fun. You did something good for yourself. I hope you wore a mask. I hope you didn't fight with people. I hope you just were kind to one another. God damn it, just be kind to one another. All right, I'm very excited about my guest today. I kind of fell in love with her. All right, I have a crush on her a little bit. Um, When I first saw her on Instagram, and it's because when you look at her, all you have to do is look at her face. Just look at her face and you just want to hug her. You just want to reach in. The positivity this woman projects is incredible. It pulls you in. I've never, ever, ever followed someone on Instagram that I felt had such a great positive uh, energy about themselves and about positive body image and who actually loves themselves. And I struggle with that. So I thought if I struggle with that, I bet you there's a lot of people who do. And I need to have this beautiful human being on my show so I can tap into how she reached to this point in her life because I don't know how she did it. Ladies and, oh, the music was done. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to welcome Shamika, AKA the curvy stewardess to the show today. We had a fantastic conversation. I'm sorry if some of the technical, if if it sounds a little muffled sometimes, we were having some technical difficulties, but don't let that stop you from enjoying this episode and listening to the words and the story and the conversation we had. We talked about being sexy and owning it, being proud of who you are, and how did you get there when you were grown up and you were picked on about your body size? We talked about the protest, and does she believe that we're moving in the right direction? We talked about flying during COVID-19, We talked about how she manages worry. You know, we're always worrying, but what does she tell herself when she's like, all right, don't worry about that. We also talked about how a boss of hers in the past helped give her the strength to apply to become a flight attendant. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my girl Shamika, the curvy stewardess to the show. Hey everybody, I want you to clap your hands and put them together for my guest today. Shamika, not you, girl. You are the guest, but I'm going to clap for you. Shamika, the curvy stewardess is on the show today, and I'm very excited. Welcome, Shamika. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. You know, I I was confused with the timing of our scheduled recording, and I was at the grocery store. I almost started a fight with somebody in line because, you know, now... I was going to go to the mall, and I was what? like, oh, shit, I got to call Joe. 
Exactly. Never mind, I'll leave. I know. I was in the store and I was like, do I fight with this woman who's giving me like dirty eyes through her mask? Because, you know, now you can't even give dirty looks anymore. Now I could sense it when you're giving me those dirty eyes. And I'm standing there thinking, you're lucky that I'm not having to rush home to call Shamika or I would be stabbing you in the eyes. So she's lucky you saved that woman. <laughs> I want you to kill her and go to jail or some shit. No, I don't want to do that because, but she, I was just ch talking with the cashier, just like, how are you? How's your day going? And I looked over and she looked like she was from Florida. No judge, you know, you know what I mean? Everybody knows what I mean when I say that. <laughs> and then she just gave me the dirtiest eyes. I said, not today, ma'am. I got a phone call and a date. I said, well, that was me and my day, man. That's fine. We don't have to talk. No, no, we need to talk. We need to talk. So, um, can you let everyone know who you are and what you do? Uh, well, my name is Shamika. Well, my real name, not my actual name. Um, I'm 29. I'm 29 years old. Your birthday's coming about up. That. It's July 26th. So it's, um, I think that's a Sunday. Whatever. It's, it's in my suit. Um, and I'm a flight attendant for a small regional airline. I've been doing it going on like five years now. I'm like five years there is like 10 years at like a main line. So <laughs> five years at the regional is like 10 years. The one I'm at, it's, it's, it's like super tiny. We only have like two bases. Oh, okay. I don't even know how many flight attendants. I don't think it's like more than like oh. 200. So it's, 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 it's tiny. Now, when you were looking to become a flight attendant, what drew you to the regional instead of going to the main line? Well, I, I've always wanted to, to be at a mainline. The regional is just like the opportunity I got first. So I was like, this is the first offer I got. So I'm just going to take it and, and go with it. And now in the five years that you've been there, have you been, you know, looking to leave to go to a, a bigger airline? Or are you like, well, you know what? My seniority's fine. I'm okay. And this is pretty good. I, I keep fighting with myself about that. I'm like, I've always wanted to go to this one mainline in particular that I think most people know that I'm very fond of. But I'm like, I've built up, I've built up so much seniority here. I'm like, do I want to like give all that up to start over again and then be on reserve for like forever at this new place? So I I, I, I fight myself about that all the time, even though I, I would still love to go to the regional. Like, if the money was great where I'm at, like, if it was a lot better, I would I would definitely say. But if I don't ever get into a mainline, not to put that out there in the universe, I'd be okay, too, because I have, you know, so much seniority here. Right. And I don't commute. I live in base, so I don't have those, you know, commuter problems, crash pads, trying to make my flight home, all that stuff. Which is such a, you know, I battled with that for years because I had to commute for like seven years, um, at least seven years, even more. And yeah, see, I don't, I don't have the time on the patient. It's for that. so <laughs> exhausting. It it makes the job so shitty. It really does. It like changes the entire outlook on the job. Now, at the at the smaller airline you're at right now, do you pretty much get all the trips that you want? I'll get, let's say, I, I usually do like four or five day trips. Um, oh, wow. I don't like to sit still. Yeah. So um, let's say I bid for like five trips in particular. I'll get all of them, but except for one, maybe. Okay. Okay. You know, um, I went through that 
also, when I first started with my airline, um, the airline I worked for, I've, I've recently retired, um, but the airline I worked for, it wasn't a mainline airline and it wasn't a regional. It was like smack in the middle. And mm -hmm. um, when I first started, I was based in JFK and I lived in a crash pad with a bunch of um, Delta flight attendants who lived in my crash pad. And um, that probably just gave away my airline, but I don't work there anymore. I don't care. And um, I can remember I was like, oh, damn, I got a Syracuse layover. And they would come down complaining about going to Europe and I would get so fucking angry. I'm like, well, boo-hoo, I'm going to freaking... Albany or somewhere right, right. New York. must be real nice. Yes. I remember this one chick. She was always like, Oh God, I have to go to Kiev again. And I was like, I'm going to Buffalo bitch. I'm going to need you. To fucking, <laughs> I'm going to need you to take it down five notches. Cause I'm going to be in Buffalo and it's a blizzard. You're going to the Ukraine. Calm down, calm down. So right, like I'm going to Charleston, West Virginia. Like please get out of my face. Oh my God. Not even Charleston, South Carolina, but Charleston, West Virginia. I've never been there. Long? Is it bad? What's it like? It's 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 small. I think the air the airport is is <laughs> is is small too. I think maybe only like the mainline side of there, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. okay. Place is it's like one of those tiny places that only like three airlines fly to. Oh, all right. Yeah, I know. I actually think I know someone who's from there, which is bizarre because Charleston, West Virginia does not sound like a place where people would be from, but I guess they are. <laughs> I'm crazy. It's, it's tiny. You're, you're not missing anything. I'm not missing you're anything. Not missing now, what got you into wanting, What? where was your desire about becoming a flight attendant? Where did that come from? Well, I, I knew I always wanted to travel and I wanted adventure and excitement like with my job, but I never thought be a flight attendant until maybe a couple of months or like a year before I started applying. Like I knew I wanted to travel and, and do things with work instead of a, a typical nine to five, but the title of the job title of flight attendant didn't cross my mind until like a couple of months before I started applying or I, I got my first, my, my first offer. Now, what did you, what, may I ask what you did before? Cause if you're a, if you've been a flight attendant for five years, you're about to turn 30. So like 24, 25, what did you do prior to build you up into the spot to be able to step in as a flight attendant? I, I worked in retail. I worked for, um, a Lane Bryant store. It was, um, how do I describe it? Oh, I know what it, it was like. The branch of their, um, they're like, underwear and lingerie mm -hmm. and sleepwear and stuff like that. Like it was an individual store of that. Elaine Bryan, isn't that a store for like plus size women? Yeah. Okay. All right. So you worked there and cause you know, with the airline industry, a lot of people, I always get messages like, how do I become a flight attendant? I'm like, I don't fucking know. It's all luck, but Right, like you can just apply and yeah. it's <laughs> literally lucky. It's literally if the interviewer finds you interesting. I don't know because I've talked to people who are flight attendants at my airline, and I'm like, after I work with them, I'm like, I don't even know how you got to stage two. Yeah. Oh my god! See, listen, I I, I walk around with <laughs> and think that sometimes I'm like, how the f did. <laughs> Did you get here? I'm like, yeah, that they, they must have been, you know, looking for people like so badly. Like I, you know, I, I like rub my temples all the time because I'm so confused and like my head hurts. Like I, you, how here? 
I'm the same way. When I was, when I was there, I actually I'm so horrible that we had um because I was there for 12 and a half years, and at the 10 year mark, you have a um they give you a party. It's kind of lame, but it's still kind of fun to see all the friends from your initial class. And I can remember walking through, and I might have been a little buzzed by the end of the night. And I was thinking, how are you still here? And they were like, Shh, Joe, you can't say that. I'm like, fuck it, I'll say it. I don't even know how you made it past training. So that. <laughs> But customer Listen. service does help. Yeah. Um, so before before the Wayne Bryant, so I was at Macy's for like, I think, two and a half, three years, about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a, a customer service background, which I guess helped me with the interview and then like, you know, getting a job and things like that. Now, do is there anything you miss about working like in a stationary place where you go to the same place every day and then you come home and you see the same coworkers, or do you really relish in the idea of, I don't know, I don't know who I'm going to see today. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's all good. I, I love my coworkers. I will say that like they're both of them. Well, two, two of them I'm like exceptionally close with right now. Like we're really good friends and we became friends through working at the store now. But, um, I, I do like the flight attendant job and lifestyle a lot more than, you know, the same everyday mundane thing of, of retail. I like adventure, excitement, meeting new people every day, you know, nothing's the same in this industry, which is something that I love about it. Right. Well, it's, like it's the, yeah, excitement the excitement that I'm looking for. Now, you know, when I first started, when I first found you on social media, I was immediately enamored by the, I'm not going to say aura, but just the vibe that you give off. You give off this very strong, powerful confidence vibe. Is uh-huh. is that true or is it just something that you present to the world? No, it's, it's, it's very true for the, for the most part. Like sometimes I, I have, moments or, or days or t- times of, or, of, um, you know, like low self-esteem or, you know, I'm not feeling the best about myself today, but I definitely do try to portray that to other people, even if I'm not feeling that way sometimes. Right. Because I'm so like, cause on Instagram you do, you post, and this is probably what drew me to you. Cause I was like, she's got such a positive outlook and I need to, I need to dive into that, but you post really sexy, hot, very confident photos online. And I'm the guy who has such low self-esteem that I have a hard time taking my t-shirt off to take a shower. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna have to look at these man boobs in the mirror as I walk into the shower and I don't want to do it. And I feel like I I have, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like moments of like selective modesty, I like to call it like I'll post you know, a song T.T. Swimsu on, on Instagram, but I won't walk to the corner store in a pair of shorts or like a pair of leggings and a t-shirt because I feel like I don't want to be looked at. Right. Now, so it's like, it's like it's, I don't know how to describe it, but that's like how, how I am sometimes. Well, you wrote, I want to read you a quote. You're probably like, what did, did he go through my Instagram page? Yes. Yes, ma'am. I, I did. Sometimes I don't remember. I did. No, I'm going to read. And I think this is from, um, a while back because I think you took a little bit of a hiatus off of Instagram, um, a while back, but you wrote something to the effect of, um, let me find it. 
Oh, it was d September 22nd, 2016. You posted a very, very beautiful photo of yourself in a bikini. And you said, when I post photos like this, it's not for likes or DMs. It's because, damn it, I look good and I finally <laughs> know it. Oh, I'm sorry. I finally know so. And I want to know, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know who suffer from body self-body image issues like I do. I want to know how you got to that point that you it, it, love yourself took, like that. It took a long time. Like it took years to, to get that way. And um, I don't know what, what point it was. It was finally at where I'm like, I can do this too. Or, you know, I finally feel like I look good or, you know, other people, I guess, like what they see, not that I, I, I did it for them, but it took a long time to get quote unquote there. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I understand. I totally understand. I'm I I'm so I'm so jealous of you because you're only 30. You're about to be 30 in a couple of weeks and you've gotten to that point where you don't really give any fucks about what other people think. Am I correct? You're correct. And that that also took a long time to to finally be, you know, okay with myself and, and love myself and then not care what other people think as well. Now, did you have to live through lots of, you know, harassment or people talking down to you for you to get to that point? Or do you always feel like you had been supported throughout your life? No, I was, I was called fat. What? <laughs> as, as, as like a child, like in like okay. eighth grade and like elementary school and middle school, like I was, I was called fat, this and that, but like. High, like high school and then like, you know, college is, is like where I was, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say admired for, you know, my shape or how I look, but it was, I don't want to say accepted either, but what's the word I'm looking for? What I guess people liked what they saw. I don't know how to describe it, but it went from being picked on to me being... What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. You remind me of a sex symbol. That's what you remind <laughs> me of. Oh, stop. Please. No, you do. You do. And, you know, and that's where I was kind of going with um, when you said, you know, you were called fat when you were a kid. I, that's not even creative. You know, they used to call me Joe Bossity. Like obesity, <laughs> bitch! Don't you? You can't laugh. That's not funny. I'm sorry. I didn't oh, mean to laugh. Okay. I'm sorry. You know what? Now that I'm 47, it's funny. And hey. Kids, if you're listening, please don't be. But if you are, don't be calling nobody Joe Bossity because I will stab you. But, you know, I was picked on so bad. I remember I had this one friend. I won't mention her name because we're not friends anymore, but we still talk maybe, maybe once every like three or four years. But I had a crush on her. This was before I realized I liked boys. And um, there was this other girl. Her name was Dory. She was a bitch. And I was coming in late to the sixth grade one day and she, they drew a whale on the board. You know how you can draw like a fake whale. It's just like a round circle with the fin and they wrote my name under it. Now I think that's the thing that fucked me up about my body image issues. Cause I was like, what 11 and I walk into a classroom and there's a, a drawing of a whale painted on the blackboard with my name under it. I was like, yo lucky. I don't have a gun. No, that's terrible. <laughs> but it's probably true. So that's kind of where I know 
were the beginning of when I, when I started thinking, oh, wow, you know, they're saying these things about me, but they're not saying these things about other people. So there must be something really, really wrong with me. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you when you were in school, when you were a kid? Like elementary school, like middle school, like up until, you know, like first year or two of high school, like I was called fat, like for, you know, but I have a teacher, like I've always been, been, I guess, thick or, or curvy since for as long as I can remember. But like the features that, you know, I marveled and, and reveled for, if I'm using that word correctly now, mm. I was teased about. Like, I, I, I always had, like, hips and thighs, and, like, my butt was always big, but I was called fat when I was younger for, for all these teachers. And now these are the things that people pay for to, to look that way. <laughs> right. I mean, no tea, no shade, because I, I, I am for plastic surgery, but people are going to buy the things that I got teased for right. as a kid. And I love that you, what you've done also is not only do you present off this great vibe about your sexuality and your body image and just confidence, but you actually take the word curvy and you put it into your brand on social media, the curvy stewardess. So it's kind of brilliant that you've been able to take something painful from when you were a kid or people picking on you and now you own it. And I think that's such a great message to give to people. I would get um message by, you know, future flight attendants and like flight attendant hopefuls all the time saying, you know, you know, inspire me. I've never seen, you know, flight attendants that look like us and how are you so confident and can you give me advice on the industry? I'm like, what? You're inspired right. by me. Like I <laughs> I encourage you to do this. Like, I'm just, you know, me and, you know, going to work and, and doing my thing. And, and you're encouraged by, you know, my 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 lifestyle, my, my work style on this film. Like, okay, well, I could try to try and tell you something. I don't know. But I didn't think I was, you know, reaching people <laughs> by, you know, my pictures and, and work things and things like that. Well, I think it's important for you to continue your message because just like you just said, there's people reaching out to you. There's somebody sitting at home right now who might not be as happy or confident about how they look. And and when I say this, I'm not saying you look fantastic. Um, Thank you. But they might look at that and they think, God, you know, she has the same body shape as I do. She's curvy like me, you know. Where does she get her confidence from? Because I don't even want to leave the sofa. I'm wearing sweatpants and t-shirts. And and here's someone at my level who is living the life that I want to live. And they want to tap into that. Just like I want to know, how do you how did you get to this point where you just don't give a fuck? And I love it. I think it was um like leaving retail and, and finally figuring out that I could finally do this. I'm like, you know, past experiences with, with, with like ex-boyfriends realizing, you know, I, I finally know my worth is, is, I guess where it came from or like where it started from. Like when, when, um, when I was still in retail, the, the manager that I worked, the store manager I worked with before the woman that was there when I left, she was leaving the retail industry and, pursuing um, a career opportunity in a field she always wanted to do. So the day she told us she was leaving, she, you know, called us all in one by one to let us know she was leaving. 
and what she'd be doing. And when she was talking to me, I'm, I'm, I was, I was hearing her, but I wasn't really listening. But she was talking and told me how you know she's finally doing something she always wanted, and I was like, well, you know, if she could finally leave, you know, the retail industry and and do this this job or this skill that she always wanted to do, then I could finally, you know, start applying to be a flight attendant and and go after what I wanted to do. So that that's where you know. My, my my wheels started turning to apply and become a flight attendant. And then, like, on the relationship side, like, with uh, my ex-boyfriend, um, it was always, like, a back-and-forth thing with him, and he thought he was God's gift to me and that he, like, he was so much better than me and, like, so many other ways. And then, like, once the, the, the end of that finally happened, I realized that, you know, I don't have to take this from him. And, you know, I realized who I was and what I had to teach him for. And, like, just, like, things like that. Um, I finally realized I, I'm too good for him. And I don't need, you know, what he betrays on me in my life. And I know my worth. And it's more than what I've been accepting or have been given. And that's where it started to, to come together and come from. So it was those, it was almost those two people that kind of pushed you into this idea of, yeah, if she, if this, if my boss at Lane Bryan can leave and go find her passion, so can I. Yeah. Okay. Like when she was telling me about, you know, how she, when she's leaving and what she'll be doing, I'm listening. I'm like, well, oh, if she can do it too, then so can I. Like I can finally pursue what I've been wanting to do for the longest time. Now, and that's fantastic. And I'm so glad she gave you that spark because a lot of times in life, we need, we learn that from other people. We learn that, oh shit, yeah. you know, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that says, oh, if they could do it, I can do it. Right. Oh, if they so not do only it, if you're listening, that. shout out to you. What? I said, Natalie, if you're listening, shout out to you. Oh. That was oh, there you go. Yeah. Cause who, yeah. Like she gave you this, this idea of, oh shit, I can do that. Now, when you were thinking about becoming a flight attendant, were you still with your ex-boyfriend? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, we were still together, but it was really back and forth, fighting all the time, mm. off and on. And then once I, I think finished training, Somewhere around there, it was like ended or like you know finally done. How um how was he when you said I want to be a flight attendant? Was he pot? Was he supportive or was he like I don't know if this is a good idea? I don't remember ever um bringing that to him or, or telling him about it. But um like after I was done, he was um, like supportive of it. He was like, oh now I can get a buddy pass and I can go to spring break rat brothers and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> they always do that. They yeah. always, they always come back like, Oh, well, can I get a buddy pass? No, you can't move on. Well, well no, you cannot. <laughs> we don't even get those anyway. So no, you can't. <laughs> did he, um, did he use, did he use words as weapons towards you regarding your curvy shape and your body or did he worship it? He, he never um, said anything derogatory or, or demeaning or rude to me, like, about my, my body or my appearance. Like, he, he never spoke down on me, like, about my appearance or about how I looked. It was just, like, a, it, was a, it was, I guess, a class thing. Like, he thought he was better. Oh, so it wasn't, it, you know, he wouldn't, 
say bad because you know I know some relationships, some people um, are in relationships where you know the guy will say something to the girl or the girl will say something to the guy because you know I know this is going to hurt their feelings because it's something that you know you can easily hurt somebody's feelings by talking about how they look. Yeah. So that's what I was wondering no. if he was something if if he ever did things like that. No, shockingly, he never did. Oh, that's good. But, um, it, yeah, I probably weren't like anything about me. Right. Have you taken any leave of absence or how is your work schedule right now regarding COVID-19? So since like the beginning of, of the, the onset of this whole pandemic and the you know, uncertainty of like the, the aviation industry, I've been working since, I'm, I'm going to say March is when I guess all this started happening. So I've been working my regular schedule since March. Like I've been working a regular 75 hour min guarantee line. And um, for July, I took um, a reduced, schedule mm-hmm. um so they gave us the option of being able to work a regular 75 hour main guarantee line a 40 hour long call reserve line or getting cola so i took for july i took the 40 hour reserve line but i have two weeks of vacation in july and i have recurrent next week so they ended up not scheduling me for anything so i pretty much have the whole month off except for recurrent next week Oh, that's nice. Now, yeah. are you enjoying that? Or are you, are you antsy to get back to work? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I work all the time because I, I get bored fast and I don't like to sit still, but, um, I'm not all that honestly anxious to, to, to get back. Like I, I do miss it. Um, but I'm not like in a rush to, to go back. Mm-hmm. Like I don't intend to probably pick up anything like I would do when, when I, when I'm always off. Like right. I, I did, um, I just came back from Jamaica with one of my friends from work. We did that for her birthday. And then we have, and then we, um, we spent like a day on the lake with some of her other friends or her family, um, I think on the first. And then after recurrent, I intend to go to New Orleans for a couple of days. So I've been trying to like keep myself busy or like, you know, just doing stuff so I'm not bored or sitting around, but I haven't made plans for my birthday yet. So I don't know what I'll be doing for that. I know. And that's, that's coming up. And that's one of my questions I was going to ask you, because like I said, I was stalking you on Instagram and I saw your photos from July 26, 2018 for your birthday. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder what she's going to do this year because this, this party or this event you went to this vacation you went on looked like a lot of fun. It was, um, I wanted to do, I was, I was going to do Bali last year for my birthday. And, um, I did, I, I did a dead sale on Jetstar and I was going to go to to Bali, but that flight ended up filling up and I didn't want to wait a few hours for the next one. So I just hopped on a flight to Thailand, but I was going to do Bali this year for my birthday. And then of course this whole mm. COVID thing happened and, right. you know, everybody shut their borders down and I don't think Bali or Indonesia, I should say is, is opening back up until like sometime in August. So I have no other plans. Like that was the the one thing I, I had planned for my birthday. Did you say you just went to Jamaica or did I miss her hear that? No, um, I just went to Jamaica this past weekend with uh, 
one of my girls from work. So Jamaica, New Orleans, you're doing all this traveling. Are you nervous about traveling right now during COVID-19? Or are you just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm doing what I can do and that's it? Well, no, I'm not nervous at all because, you know, I've been working nonstop since, since right. March. And um, I wasn't really concerned, I guess you could say. I don't know if that sounds bad, but I, I honestly, I don't fear much. Like I don't, and I don't worry about things until until it's time oh, to worry that. about things. But um, no, I'm not actually concerned <laughs> all that much. Like I, I try and stay as as clean and, and safe and sanitary and hygienic as possible. So I'm not really, you know. Worried? No, that's okay. About yeah. Anything? Well, and I think it makes more sense because you work on an airplane. So you're already doing that a lot. You know, the average person who, you know, doesn't work on an airplane and doesn't travel around a lot might be more hesitant to, to travel right now. But if you're, if you feel comfortable, don't, don't worry about not being worried. That's fine. Um, what I want to ask you though, is you said something like, I, you know, I don't worry about much. Is that something that you had to grow into also? Did you used to be a worrier and then you kind of just came to the point of, you know what, I can't do that anymore. It's too exhausting. A, a little bit. Like I would worry about things sometimes and um, just like, you know, wake myself up over it. Or I, I have a twin sister and she still, um, she still lives at home with my mom for now. Um, you know, my mom is, is sick all the time. So, my sister would call me like crying about something with my mom or, you know, worked up or worried about something. And I'm, you know, calm and nonchalant talking to her. And I'm saying to myself, I'm not going to, you know, get all worked up or, you know, worried about something until it's time, you know, to worry about whatever the situation is. So like if I'm worrying and upset and crying about something and then my sister is worried upset and, and crying about something and then that's just going to like, not make the situation good or, 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 you know, make my mom calm and at ease when, you know, she's, she's safer or going through something. Right. Do you think that going through flight attendant training now, well, let me rewind a minute. Do you work on an airplane where you're just the only flight attendant or is there another flight attendant? No, it's, it's just me. We have the, the 145. Okay. The E145. So there's just one flight attendant. Yeah. Do you think that, Training in flight attendant world where you have to work on an airplane by yourself, you actually learn how to handle stressful situations on your own, which makes you not worry so much in real life. I'm not in real life, but just in everyday life. Cause you're like, if the plane's burning, I'm the one has to take care of everything. So that's the worst part of my day. So everything else is pretty yeah. cool, okay, manageable. <laughs> Like yeah, like even even with things at, at work, um, I I try not to to worry about things. People ask me, "Oh, are you scared of being a flight attendant? Are you scared of this? Are you scared of somebody trying to attack you?" I'm like, first of all, no, I'm not <laughs> scared of that. Like of all the things that could go wrong, I'd probably be the most worried about. And this probably sounds like stupid or ridiculous to say to you. The most the thing I'm most worried about is like me standing up in the galley, and you know. We have a decompression and the door blows open and I get sucked out the plane. Like <laughs> that's oh. like that's like the one thing I'd be concerned about. It could, it's not an engine failure. It's not you know some guy trying to take over the plane. It's not somebody having a heart attack and dying. It's like 
being fucked out the door don't a decompress. Like that's the one thing. Oh my god. I, I'm I immediately concerned so. about <laughs> Do you know that is that is the thing that scared me for a long time. I would sit on that jump seat and I can remember when I the, when I first became a flight attendant, you know, sometimes it takes a while for the door to seal, so it makes really fucking crazy sounds. I will never yeah. forget one time we were like at four thousand feet and that door was like and I was jumped up. I said, I'm going to die. And um, I don't think the people in the last row enjoyed that very much. But I was, they were like, I called the flight deck. I'm like, oh my God, I know it's under 10,000 feet, but I think this door's going to blow. <laughs> and they were like, please take your jump seat. The door's fine. Right? Like, Joe, please sit down. Somewhere. Is this your first flight? Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like settle down. Um, so I, and I was going to ask you like, what is, I've never worked on an airplane with one flight attendant. And I always thought it sounds horrifying to just be alone back there. Do you like it or do you not? Some, I, for the most part I do because you know, it's, it's, it's my house and I can do things the way I want. But um, sometimes I miss, you know, working with other people and talking with other people and, you know, having, a partner should something go wrong if I do need backup or for whatever the reason I may I mean, you know, an additional person for, but for the most part I, I enjoy it um working alone. Wow. Yeah, see I, I won't even know I won't even know how I feel about that because you know in training at my airline they would teach us like you know, oh my God, somebody's having a medical somewhere. You yell medical team, but when you're by yourself, you there is no you scream you can scream medical team, but you're standing there by yourself. Yeah, yeah, they 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 have a screen for you know, uh, uh, medical personnel, and then they tell us to have someone use the phone and call the captain, and then have somebody else go to uh, the compartments and get all your stuff out that you'll need to try and save this person. So I got myself and a few passengers who would hopefully jump into action if I needed them to. Right. Now, have you ever had a situation occur on the airplane, an emergency situation like that, where you were all by yourself? No, and I should probably knock on wood somewhere, but um, I have yet to have anything. You <laughs> Thank you. I've, had, I've yet to have anything like that happen to me. Um, the most we've probably had is like, you know, um, a pressurization failure is one thing I can remember, which we pretty much just returned to see how I think we were actually going to Buffalo. Um, we got like halfway there. They called me, told me what was happening, and we turned right back around to Newark. Um, I, for, I forgot like all the other things, but they weren't like major, you know, prepare the cabin for an emergency landing or anything like that. So nobody, you know, has ever got sick on my flight. Like nothing like that oh, has, has ever happened. Yeah. You're lucky because, um, I know every time, like, so I used to be a nurse before I was a flight attendant and I would always tell everyone that. And I noticed every time I told that to the crew, we would have a damn medical. So I stopped telling people I didn't even, it was, and I know that's not true. Like it's not, I didn't wish those things, but I would always say like, Oh, by the way, I was a nurse. You know, I'm not a nurse anymore, but da, da, da. and they'd be like, Oh, that, and wouldn't, you know, there'd be somebody passing out in the galley. And I was like, I need to stop even mentioning 
that I was a nurse. And then once I stopped, <laughs> I didn't have any, I hardly had any medicals. And they always happen on red eye flights anyway. It's always so on red eye the flight. universe saying, oh, you want to tell people you are a nurse? Well, we're going to put your skills to you. Right. You want to, you want to walk around acting special? This is what happens. You ain't special. Like, we got something for you. <laughs> now, um, so you, so it's just you in the back and then the two pilots. Do you hang out with the pilots? Are the pilots cool at your airline? Well, for the most part, honestly, they 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 are pretty pretty cool. Um, like a lot of them are are, are young, like around my age, so they're a lot of fun to hang out with. So sometimes, so like with my my airline being so small, like everybody knows everybody, so you get along quite well with with most of the people. Right, because um, you know what. Where I worked and, you know, when you have more flight, you know, you have more co-workers, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't even hang out with the pilots because they kind of do their own thing. You know, when I worked yeah. on smaller airplanes at my airline, the pilots were so much friendlier than the bigger airplanes. And um, are you someone who is a slam clicker or do you like to go out with your crew or whatever? Honestly, it depends on, on who I'm flying with. For the most part, um, I try and buddy bid with a few of the guys. And I always say guys because I'm usually flying with uh, a lot of the guys. Like, I don't fly with a lot of our lady pilots. But okay. um, I'm saying guys as, as love, a general term like so the, nobody gets offended. I love that you said lady pilots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fly with lots of lady pilots. No, that's a joke. Was that um, offensive? I'm sorry. No, it's offensive. not offensive. It's a lady pilot. But, um, it's a guy pilot. You know, I just read something somewhere. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just read somewhere now saying guys is offensive to some people. Like if, like if you see a bunch of people like, Hey guys, what's up? Now people are offended by that. What do you, th um, what do you think about that? I, 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 I don't know. I, I could see, I guess how it could be for someone who isn't a guy or doesn't identify as a guy and all of those proper terms. Um, but I, I wouldn't be offended by it. Like if I was standing in a group of guys or you know, guys and women, like, and somebody came up and said, hey, guys, I wouldn't finish. Like, to me, that's just, you know, a general term when saying hello. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. And I and I brought that up because I have a transgender friend, and she used to be a man. There, Well, that's pretty much what transgender was. And before, I would be like, hey, guys, what's up? And I had to retrain myself because I was like, and I caught myself, I would say, I said it a couple times to her and I had, to, I pulled her aside and I'm like, listen, I'm so sorry. I hope you're not offended. She's like, no, I'm not offended. I'm like, okay. And, you know, and that just teaches me that people are offended. You know, you can't control what people are offended by. And I, yeah. str and I struggle with that because I don't know. I kind of, sometimes I say some crazy shit and, uh, <laughs> And I've had to really train myself to remind myself, like, you know, your line is not someone else's line. And if, if you know, Shamika's not offended, but someone else is offended, that, is that your fault for saying that? Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah. any sense? I don't know. I'm crazy. Um, but I interrupted you and I apologize because you were talking about hanging out with the pilots and if you were a slam clicker or not. So I apologize for that. 
No, it, it depends. It depends on who I'm playing with. Um, sometimes I, I, I just don't want to hang, or sometimes they're they're the flame clickers and they don't want to hang, and I'm just you know out looking lonely by myself on a layover. Like this one time, I had like a thirty hour Memphis layover. I went to downtown Memphis on Beale Street and hung out by myself because the pilots didn't want to hang. But um, it it just depends on on who you're flying with and like the chemistry, you know during a trip or during a day that makes you want to hang out with them when y'all get to the hotel with that. Now, when you're on layovers, do you, so you have, when you're on layovers, do you go out shopping? Like what, what's a normal layover for you? It depends. Um, like if there's like a, a, a decent shopping center or something nearby, I might like, you know, walk around that mall and, um, pick up something if I choose to or like if there's if it's like a, a hotel with like a lot of restaurants nearby we'll you know go out to one of the spots to to go out like it just depends on on where I am like every time I have a long Memphis layover I'll take an Uber down to Bill Street and like hang out there all day or um, I forgot where I was last time but they have like an outdoor you know like plaza shopping outlet type of thing and um I'll go there sometimes and, and walk around and look in the store and whatnot. So it, just, uh, it depends on, on what city I'm in and what they have around to do. Yeah, I remember when um when I first started, and tell me if you can relate to this, when I first started when I was a flight attendant, I wouldn't want to miss a moment of it. So I would sleep like three or four hours and I would be, I didn't care where I was. I would find something to do. And then as the years have progressed, I became a slam clicker. I didn't even want to deal with anyone because I was like, like I never understood. And you know, you don't work with other flight attendants, but I, you'd work a seven hour flight with these two people or three people. And then they'd be like, let's go out. And I'd be like, I just spent, I don't even spend this much time with my husband. And like, I just spent seven hours. Right. Yeah. Like I just spent seven hours and your breath destroyed my ears. (laughs) So yeah, we won't even talk about that, but it's like, yeah. So do you ever feel guilty about that? Or you're just like, no, I'm just not going to hang out. No, there's nothing to to feel guilty about. Like if you don't want to hang out or if you're not up to it or for whatever reason, you don't want to go out with them, then why should you feel bad about that? That, well, that's something I struggle like, with, I'm, guilt. So it hits me all the time. Um, but go ahead. What were you going to say? Like, I was, I was about to say, like, I was, I was, like, the corny new hire, as I like to call it. Like, I would pack my suitcase, and I would bring <laughs> an outfit for every night of the layover because I wanted to hang out, too, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but first of all, that weighed my suitcase down. And that was just ridiculous. Second of all, I was spending way too much money right. going out almost every night. I'm like, I can't hang, I can't keep up. But um, as I as I got, you know, deeper and deeper into the industry, like I slowed that down a lot. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I understand that because it's that feeling. I used to have this feeling where I have to do everything on my layover because I could lose this job tomorrow and then I won't have a chance yeah. to do this again. And, um, and then I got to the point where I was like, I don't give a fuck if they fire me. <laughs> I'm not leaving my hotel room. <laughs> I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done with that. Um, I want to go back because I still don't know if I've tapped into how you 
have this confidence. And because it sounds like we both kind of grew up in where we were picked on because of how we looked. And then we kind of grew up and kind of went different ways because I still have body self body issues. Um, but it's I do as well. Um, every now and then, like when I went to Jamaica okay. this past weekend, like I bought mostly two piece suits and I didn't like anything. I, I was like, I didn't like how I looked in anything to be honest with all of y'all listening. Um, so sometimes, sometimes it, it comes and, and goes, but for the most part, I am very confident with myself. But, um, but how, how do you get, if I was going to ask you, there's somebody listening to the show today and she thinks she looks like a fucking, oh, I, I don't even want to say it. She thinks she looks bad. She has no self-confidence. She barely wants to leave the house. What would you say to that person? Oh, wow. I'm on the spot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my thoughts real quick. Because um, you know what? You know what? Here it is, Shabika. I I think you have tapped into something that a lot of people really want to. They want to have that confidence. And yeah, we all have bad days. We all have days where it's like we're in Jamaica and we're like, I don't know what to wear. But you have this strength that people could learn from. And so that's why I asked you in that, if, if you bumped into somebody who was like, I wish I was as strong as you, how can I do it? What would you say to that person? Are you there? I'm here. I was just trying to <laughs> speak <laughs> said, sentence, said, like, wow. I said, oh shit, she hung <laughs> up. No, 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 I'm here. Um, Gosh, uh, I am on the spot. Okay. No, you're really not because you know the answer. You know. I'm trying to get it out like. You know, it's just sometimes it's hard to put into words, but you know how you got there. Something probably just woke you up one day and you said, fuck what people think. Yeah, honestly, it was was seeing other women be as, as confident as I feel like I am now. We're seeing them. You know, women the same size as me, if not, you know, bigger, you know, being so bold and, and confident and you know, loving themselves. I'm like, well, if, if they're like that, then like, what, what, what's stopping me? Like, how, how am I not feeling this way? But it, it was just a process of trying different things with myself, of wearing something new and, you know, wearing my hair different or like putting on makeup. And it was, learning and observing and taking from what other people were doing to see how I could make that work for myself or, you know, putting together, you know, this idea of, of self-love and, and confidence for myself. Which was always there. Probably you just had to find it. I, I had to find it. Um, like I, I felt like it was, it was always there. Or it always should have been. It just took time to, finally discover or, you know, have the light bulb turn on or have an aha moment with myself. You know, those aha moments, I, um, I'm still waiting for my moment where I have that, where I can say, I'm going to take my shirt off at the pool. Well, you know what? Now I kind of do that and I don't care, but I, um, there's so many things that I, and I'm sure lots of listeners who are listening hate about themselves. And I think, Oh, not about like just how they look and 
my goal is to try to learn how to love those things that I don't like. And I think that there, takes a lot of work. Some things I'm like, it does. Like there's still some things uh, uh, I'm trying to learn to love about myself. Like I, I've never liked my arms. Like they just, I, I just never liked the way that they look. But I'll wear, you know, a top that, that flatters them or, or covers them up in a way that I, I feel like I like. And then most of them, like, who, who's giving it, who, 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 who cares? Like, who, who's looking? Like, you taking your shirt off at the pool, like, trust me, nobody cares. Exactly. Like, look like. like, nobody's going to be looking like, oh, my God, you see Joey, it's a kid shirt off. Oh my God, everybody run. There's a whale in the pool. No, that's, that's, that's where my brain goes because I still go back to that little 11 year old walking into the classroom where those bitches put fucking a drool whale on the board. And I'm like, if I could find you today, no, <laughs> no, that's not a lie. If I could find those bitches today, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it just takes, it takes a lot of strength that a lot of people don't have to look at their body and say, I love all the flaws. And you hit a really good point, and I'm glad you brought it up. I say this to my other friends who have problems with how they look or what they think about themselves. I'm like, first of all, you ain't that special. You're at the pool swimming. Nobody gives a damn about you. They're doing their yeah, own no, shit. Nobody, nobody's caring. They're on their phone. They're worried about their own body issues. <laughs> they're, they're fighting with their husband. Nobody cares about you. You're not that important in the big scheme of things. It, it, yeah, like it took me a long time to realize that like when I was younger, like I wouldn't go to the corner store without putting on a whole face of makeup just to be outside for five minutes. Or like putting a whole outfit together to run to wherever it is I was going. Now I I go on like a hat and some sweatpants and I go on the like because I honestly don't care. <laughs> If, if people care or are looking or, or judging me not having my eyebrows folded or wearing my my glasses today instead of contacts. So I, I just do what I feel now. Like I do what I feel is is necessary and, and adequate. Well, it sounds to me like you put yourself and your own thoughts and how you feel before strangers. And I think we spend so much time as people worrying about what strangers think about us. I mean, yeah, uh, like first impression wise, like you want to make a good first impression or, you know, how they see you that first time is, is how they're going to think of you or, you know, assume that you are from, from there on out. But that, that's just their opinion of you. It's not fast. It's not, you know, what's, what's, what's true about you or how you feel about yourself. Right. Why do you, th why, why do you think we are so hung up on what other people think of us? It's because we want other people to like us. We want other people to see us in their image and what they portray to be good looking or just like good in general or what the, what they, what they, what they approve of according to their own standards. Right. Right there. Yes. That makes so much sense to me. Um, I'm glad you said it like that. You know, I learned a lot from Lizzo, you know, she's curvy and she's yeah. beautiful. And I remember 
when I first, when she first really made it, when she first came, like she had made albums and she was kind of on the, no, you didn't, I didn't really know who she was until Juice came out. And then I listened to her entire album and I looked her up and I studied her. I read about her and I was like, oh, she's, she's got the message that I need. She's, she mm-hmm. is living the life that I should be living regarding how I feel about myself and other people. And when you saw her start going mainstream, how did that make you feel being another curvy woman? I was excited. I'm like somebody that, that looks like me and like other people that I know is, you know, blasted all over, you know, the media and social media and, and, you know, the music and entertainment industry. Um, so I, I was excited to see her. Like, I was happy that, you know, she does the most, as people say, with, you know, her videos and her, her photos of her, like, twerking or, like, being half naked or, like, with her ass out. I'm like... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. Like, you guys like this from other people, like, these other, quote-unquote, Instagram models, but it's a problem coming from her because I feel like she's doing too much now or because, like, she's too big for this. And that... And you, you said it perfectly right there. You know... When she, well, when, first of all, when she came out with the tempo video, I was done <laughs> with Missy Elliott. When that video came out, I was like, she's going to be a huge star. And 2019, she was my favorite entertainer for 2019. 2020's kind of been a slow year because nobody's doing anything really. But, um, but your, your point is exact. You know, if it's a skinny, skinny girl who eats one Tic Tac a day and she's flaunting her whole body all over the place, nobody gives a fuck. But you have a curvy, voluptuous woman who's proud and loves her body and she's shaking her ass. And I've read some horrific, horrible comments that people write about her. And I'm just like, y'all a bunch of assholes. Um, right, like what she do is not okay, but you be okay with it coming from a fashion over model. Like, I don't, I help me understand. Yeah. Well, I don't understand it either, but I think it has to do with, like you said earlier, you know, the image of people, people, cause I've actually read something like she needs to put her clothes on. I'm like, I read that somewhere. Someone has said, Oh, I like her songs, but she needs to put her clothes on. Well, no, she doesn't need to do anything. You say like, who are you? Um, like, who are you to say she that? She needs to put her clothes on for, for who or, or for what? Because you don't, like the way she looks and you don't want to see it Well, you scroll through your timeline then or you change your channel or whatever or put your phone down why do you think people in like and i'm not going to say in general because it's not it's not the broad aspect it's not the broad ideology or thinking i hope it's not but some people just get really uncomfortable when they see a curvy woman half naked on social media why is that why do you think because it's it's something that, you know, maybe they're not used to seeing or something that wasn't, what's the word I'm looking for? Something that wasn't normal to see on, on TV or on social media or or in, in music videos, you know, some time ago. And now it's it's, it's popular or it's, it's sought after and it's, it's happening a lot. And now it's like, oh. I'm not used to this, or, oh, I don't like this, so uh, I don't like it, and I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, it frustrates me that people try to push their own, you know, 
well, this is what I think should be accepted into other people's worlds. And I find that a lot with body image issue stuff. It's, it's that idea of, oh, you know, we, or even gays, like, you know, oh, I don't like seeing gay people kiss in the street. Oh, I don't like seeing a black person and a white person together. Oh, I don't like seeing a curvy, curvy woman, whether she's white, black, Asian, whatnot. You know, it's, it's this mentality of, I'm going to tell you what you should, you know, what you shouldn't be doing. And I think that's so wrong. Right, like, I don't, I don't like what you're doing, or I, I don't like this particular subject or matter at hand. So you shouldn't be doing it. I'm going to tell you not to do it. I don't like it. I'm going to tell you why. Like, if you don't like it, you don't have to look at it. <laughs> right. Right. You know, I learned from Lizzo. I think I saw her in, um, in one of her interviews and she said something like, you know what? I'm not everyone's cup of tea and that's okay because that's not my, my job isn't to be everyone's cup of tea. I'm doing me. And right. it was such a positive image. And I was like, I hope all these young kids, I wish Lizzo would have been around when I was 11. Because we're I was like somebody that looked like, like I, you or I, when we were eight and 11 and, and 13. Exactly. Like I wish I would have had, uh, had a role model like that in 1983 when I was 11, you're going to be like, I wasn't born yet. And please don't say that. Cause it makes me feel old, but, um, no, just, <laughs> but you know, I wish I would have been able to have a role model like that when I walked in the room in my classroom and some girls wrote, drew a picture of a way I wish I would have been able to sit there and say, y'all, I don't even care what you think. Cause it doesn't matter. But of course I cried because my feelings were hurt. And the reason you're on this show is because I think you're fabulous, but also you oh, are a, you. you are a role model. I don't know if you realize oh, that. Stop. I'm like, I've, I've never looked at myself in that way. I'm um, not to think or speak down on myself, but like, I'm just doing what I do. I guess you could say. Well, when you have the confidence to do what you do, like you said, to live your life, to to, to just love yourself, just loving yourself and projecting that into the world is a role model for people. Cause I think we're in this place right now where, you know, especially this year, your Lord, this year is just battling everybody, but it's, um, you know, just being able to see you. And like I said, I look at your Instagram page and I can, I just feel your confidence. It just pours right into me. And um, I was like, I need to have Miss Thing on my show because <laughs> I want to find out how she came to this conclusion because it's so important for your story to be told. So that's why um, I wanted to dive into how you got to this place in your life. So thank you so much. Well, I'm glad so to far. be here and be sharing my story with people who wanted to hear it or wanted to listen. Well, yeah. Even when you said you, people reach out to you and say, oh my God, how did you become, you know, I want to be a flight attendant. You know, I'm curvy. That is, you're a role model for people because people are seeing you and they're saying, you know, not to be mean, but oh my God, she's doing it. I can do it. And you know, my, my, my shape and yeah, my, my size kept me from applying for a long time, actually, actually. Um, and then when I was speaking to my manager about her leaving the job and I'm listening to her, I'm like, yeah, that's how I do it. Like that's when I was like, I'm going to let them tell me no, even if they won't say it because of my size or whatever, but I'm finally going to try it and, and, and see what happens. 
So you didn't even apply. So you wanted to be a flight attendant when you were working at Lane Bryant, but you didn't apply because you thought they might not hire you because of your size. Yeah. Like I had like, before I actually got into the industry, like I had never seen, you know, flight attendants that look like me, like even for trade and like movies and whatnot. I've never seen, you know, a flight attendant, you know, of my shape and my size. And it wasn't until I got, you know, inside the doors of, of the airline industry. I was like, wow, okay. There's more people that look like me. Like where have they been all my life? Oh yeah. Because, you know, I think it was only in the sixties and seventies where they weighed you because I always used to have this joke. If they weighed us at my airline, they'd have five flight attendants. If we had to weigh, right, like I'd be out the door. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to see myself out. You know what? Don't even fire me. Here's my resignation. Like I'm not going to embarrass myself like that. Yeah, no, I always joke about that. But when I first started, when I first started the airline, um, I weighed, I would say about 265. Um, I was, I was, I was pretty heavy. Um, I'm 5'10". I was pretty heavy at that point in training. And I can remember right off the bat, I already felt bad. And there, and I was 35 years old in training and there were people, adults in there picking on me about my size. I will never forget this. We were, it was uniform test day or not. Oh, I read this day. in your book. I remember Oh this. my God. You read, first of all, you read my book, which is incredible. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, I'll never forget that. We were standing there in line and she was like, what size jacket do you think? And I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe an extra large. And one of the guys next to me, this Puerto Rican guy, he was like, don't you think you need a three X? I will never it was something like that. I will never forget. I felt I almost I wanted to walk out. I remember reading that about trying on a blazer in your book. Yeah, I wanted to. I was so I was so destroyed inside because, you know, when you get to be a certain age, this is just how assholes are, though, in the world. They're going to pick on you no matter what. But, I, you know, you get to be a certain age. You're like, I'm 35 years old. I'm not in elementary school anymore. Nobody's going to pick on me. And here's some strangers on day three. Like, shouldn't you be, shouldn't you, don't you need a larger size? I'll never forget. Right, like some grown ass adult. Like, don't you need to mind your business and not worry about what I'm doing over here? Well, he got fired a long time ago, so I'm happy about it. <laughs> You know, because karma's a bitch and it hurts when it comes back. That's all I'm going to say. But I can remember being in training, and I'm not proud of this, but I remember being in training and I felt like I was the biggest guy and I was embarrassed because, you know, it was all skinny gay guys. It was either it was either old straight men or skinny gay guys, and then there was me. And I was like, I don't even know where I fit in. And then there, this guy came in. And he was even bigger than me. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to be his friend because he's the biggest one. I know that doesn't sound good. I think I said that in the book too. I was like, I'm going to have to be his friend. So I feel better about myself. I'm not proud of that, but I mean, I'll be honest about it, but it's so important to, for people to know that it's okay to love yourself and it's okay to not give a fuck what other people think. Yeah. And, um, when you get, when you tell me that people reach out to you and they ask you, Oh, I want to be a flight attendant. It makes me automatically start thinking like there's so much more you can do with just your voice regarding your confidence and, you know, projecting to people, making people feel good about 
who they are. Or you could just be like, fuck it. They can figure it out on their own. Like I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what do you, do you, let me ask you this. Do you ever have an idea? Do you ever think like I need to lose weight or do you think, no, I'm good the way I am? Sometimes, like just just for my my own reasons, not you know for you know industry standards, but because just like to be healthier in the general sense. So like this belly has to go. Like I would get lipo in a heartbeat, but um, I don't feel a need to to be smaller than I what I am or or, or lose weight because somebody else thinks so. Oh, that's important to say. So if you decided like, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It would be because you want it, not because you're trying to please anyone else. Yeah, exactly. That's a good message because I think, you know, I'm, I've wanted, there's, I want to take, but I want to take the fat from my belly and put it in my ass because I'm so, I'm front heavy. <laughs> I'm front heavy. Like if a wind blows me from the behind, I'm just going to fall forward. I'm got, you know, I got the man boobs, I got the belly, but I don't have an ass. And I'm always thinking I want to do this. And I struggle. My husband's always giving me a hard time. Cause he's like, I love you just the way you are. And I'm like, I wish that was enough for me. And sometimes it's just not, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like I, I get that too. Like sometimes other people's confidence in yourself isn't enough for you. Like you got to feel it for yourself. Now, when you're having, so say, because I remember I was, like I said, I was stalking on your Instagram page and you had gone off line, you had gone off Instagram for a couple of months and some, you had posted again and someone said, oh, I miss you. And you said, I just didn't have anything to say. Does that happen? Do you sometimes take breaks from social media and why? Um, yeah, like the, the most recent photo, two photos I posted um, were the first things I posted since like February. And um, like in that, in that time, I just didn't have anything to, to post or, or say or I guess show anyone. How was, do you think, was it an emotional thing or you just were like, yeah, I have no interest in being on social media? I guess both. Like I I didn't have any real interest in in posting anything. Like I didn't have any new selfies to everybody to see or, or whatever the photo worthy thing was. And I just didn't have anything to, you know, talk about or, you know, show off or just things like that. Like I didn't have an update, I guess, to everyone. Mm. I, when I read that, I didn't know if it was something like something had upset you and you were just like, I'm done being on social media for a minute. Cause sometimes social media can get to everyone. So I didn't know if you had some kind of routine where you give yourself a break every once in a while, just so you can stay sane. During times like that, um, I'll not post anything. I won't, you know, go through my timeline. I'll go through like the first five stories of posts that I do. I'm like, all right, I'm done. But um, I just don't. I just don't have anything that I. 
I, I want to say or, or look for or talk about with, with other people. Like, sometimes I won't post anything for, like, weeks or, like, months, but I'm just, like, scrolling through everybody else's stuff. Mm. Okay. I, um, I wanted to ask you, how do you get through? Because, like I said earlier in the episode, you present a very positive message on social media just by being on social media. I feel happy when I see your stories come by. I do. I feel like I'm there with you. I feel like, oh, she's so much fun and she's just projecting. But how do you, I'm projecting happiness, which is fantastic. How do you get through emotionally charged days? Like if you're having a really bad day, how do you get through that? I always try to tell myself as corny and as cliche as it sounds, if I'm even really cliche like that. Somebody else is having a worse day. That's probably wrong. Wait a minute, wait a Somebody minute. Somebody is. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute, hold on. I didn't hear you because it was all muffled. I don't know if your microphone is too close to your mouth. I'm sorry. That's um, okay. So can I you repeat as, that? As, as, as corny and as cliche as it sounds, I, I try to tell myself. That somebody else is having a worse off day than than I'm having. Like somebody else has it as as bad as I does. And like even if it's like where I had a, a bad day at, at work or something went wrong, like that. Mm-hmm. this is this is the lifestyle that I wanted. Like this is the industry that that I wanted to do. This is what 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 happened. But sometimes expected, and I just started roll with it. But if it's just like a day where I'm just like not feeling, not feeling it, but I'm not happy with myself or whatever the the case may be, like I take time to, to feel whatever I need to feel or do some self care things that make me feel happier, feel better about myself or whatever the situation was that made me upset to begin with. Well, that's good. That's good. I I do the same thing. I try to, I try to tell myself if I, and you know what? And it's always like the little things like, oh, damn it. This is so upsetting. And then I'm like, wait a minute. That's nothing compared to what someone else is going through. Yeah. Did you attend any of the protests that have been going on around the country? I did not. Um, I was probably working most of those days, but even if I, I, I wasn't, I didn't. Attend any. I'm like I just don't have it in me to attend. Like all this shit is upsetting, and I can't do anything about it. Do you think that these recent protests and changes that are coming after George Floyd's death? Do you think this is? Do you see things differently? Do you think? Oh. This things could possibly change for the better, or is it more of yeah, we've been here before, shit ain't gonna change. I I, I feel feel hopeful that things are going to change or will change. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna hold my breath. Like we've been here before. Like there'll be another, unfortunately, there'll be another George Floyd. There'll not there'll be another Breonna Taylor, and there'll be another Elijah McCain. I think his name is. Like as as sad as that sounds, um, and as grim as that sounds, unfortunately, it's it's true. And then we'll be protesting for someone else. Like, what is this gonna stop? But you 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 painting streets and and murals and 
changing TV shows. Like we're we're asking for these people to be held accountable. I'm not asking for uh, whatever X Y Z cop show to be taken off the air. Oh, that's such a good point. I've never. That is a really good point because, you know, they they it's almost like society or these, you know, they want to take off cops, which I think that show, I don't even, I can't even imagine people watching it, but I guess people do watch it. Um, but it's almost like just putting a bandaid over the situation. Like you want to take cops off the air, but why is Brianna Taylor's killer still running around? Right. Like what is the show cops being taken off the air? going to You think what? I said like, what is that show being taken off the air? Noise, and other minorities and people of color. Like, no, we want her arrested. Like, we don't take off the top show. I um, you're 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 getting all muffled again for some reason. But um, I I think it. Do you think it has to do with regarding taking the cop shows off? Because when you watch these shows, like I think seventy five percent or so many of them are just cops in black neighborhoods trying to arrest black people. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, st- just stop it. So I think that could be the reason, but I've also seen things about like, um, white, what do you think about white actors who would be hired to voice recently? There was like this white actress who quit a job because she was voicing a black cartoon character. Do you think that's, going over the line regard, or do you think that's just too much? Do you think it's not important enough? Should we be focusing on the important things or is that important too? I, I feel like that's important too. I mean, it's, I guess it's, it's great that, you know, these, these white actresses and actors that are portraying black characters or voices are, you know, stepping down so that, you know, uh, I guess a quote unquote appropriate person can, and fill in that role, but um, there's other more important things to worry about as well. Mm. Like you're like you're changing this character's voice. That's great. You're getting a black person to play this person's voice. That's great. Um, but what, what else? Right. Uh, it's we, like that's that's a good start. It's like, a good what is start. that changing? That's a great start. I look at it like you have a. We'll take the black cartoon character, for instance. You have a black cartoon character. You you hire a white woman to voice that character. You've just now taken a a job from a black actor. Yeah, like I'm sure there was a qualified black actor that could have done it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you never see, you never see, I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you never see a black actor voicing a white character or a white cartoon character. Maybe you do, but I don't know if I can recall one. Yeah, none, none that I know of. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's this, I, I, just, I think it's a good start, but we have to get to the point of, that the question, like all over social media, Brianna Taylor, why, why, why is her death not being taken seriously by the police? I don't understand that, or the district attorney. Right, like you name a law after her, you, you paint a street with her her face on it, but why have you not fired and arrested and prosecuted? 
Right. They they went into her house and shot her eight times. That could, you know, I don't, that could happen to anyone, but you know, it's this idea of, I don't know. It's this, this police thing where they can, Oh, oops, it was an accident, but I can't be held accountable. And I'm not anti-police. And I think that's, I'm definitely pro police reform. I mean, I think it's absurd that hairdressers have to go to school longer than the police. Yeah. <laughs> when I read that, I almost had to pick up myself off the ground. I'm like, it, you have to go to school longer to learn how to do a bob than you do to have a gun. Right. That's, you know, it's absurd. It's just absurd. But I, I did want to get your opinion on the protesting. And if you thought that things were moving in a better direction than before. I saw on the news where um, recently George Floyd's wife was on and she was saying, you know, I, you know, George has changed the world. And I really think he, he has for at this moment. I really think he has. It's unfortunate that a lot of these things are happening because of his death, but I know I'm glad things are finally starting to, to happen. Like if something had to come from it, then I'm glad it's all these, these, positive changes and things that are happening all across the U.S. You know, when I was, when I was younger, I would say 12, I used to wish I was straight because I used to think, I used to thank God being straight would be so much. Of course, now I'm an adult and I'm like, I would never want to be straight. Fuck that. I love being gay. It's so much fun. But you know, when you're 11 and 12, you see, you, you, you are living in a world where you're not really welcome. That's how I felt. I definitely felt growing up, you know, my mom was, she was a racist. She was um, a homophobe. And I grew up in this world where I was like, wow, I just, I guess I don't belong. So I used to think, oh my God, I hope tomorrow I can wake up and be straight. I wanted to be straight. When mm-hmm. you were growing up, did you ever think like, I wish I was white? I, I wish that I had straighter, longer hair, like I used to wish that, that I was smaller and, and skinnier, like, you know, my friends and other people around me. I wish that my, my skin was lighter. Oh, you, you wish your skin was lighter? Do you think that would... Like when I was younger, yeah. Do you think that that helps? Does that make a difference? Does that make a difference in the world when, you know, you're a black person and a white person looks at you if you have a lighter skin does do you think that makes a difference? I, I feel like that makes you uh, a safe black, if you will. Like that makes you a safer, a safer black person because you know your your skin is like your you. I don't want to say look like uh, you look like them, but you don't oppose as much of a threat as a, a, a darker skinned person would. Which is which is terrible. That that oh, that's very sad. Yeah. But do you think that's a reality? Do you, have you lived your life thinking, have you lived your life watching like lighter skinned black people have more opportunities than darker skinned black people? Is that a thing? I, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's a thing that it's been a thing that it probably, unfortunately, oh, will even be a thing that will happen again. Yeah, you know, it 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 you know, it just goes back to what people think is 
what people think is normal, like, or not normal. I don't want to say the word normal, but it's like, oh, you should be skinny. Oh, you know, skinny people, you're, I think, and I don't quote me, but from my experiences in life, I think skinny people, skinnier people get further than heavier people. Yeah. You know, it, it's like that, like, oh man, if you were just a little skinnier, what the fuck does that mean? Or, oh, if you were just a little lighter and you weren't so dark and it comes back to this whole thing, which really it frustrates me as a white person is I'm so tired of white people putting it on black people that it's black people's responsibility to make white people feel comfortable. It's not, it ain't fuck you. Excuse my language. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have very worked up about it because you know, I've read articles or I've seen where people are like, well, if they didn't, you know, they should make me feel com more comfortable. Whoever said that was normal. No, 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 no. It's nobody's job to make you feel comfortable because of somebody's color of their skin. That, right, that that's, that's your your problem and your your own job. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I get frustrated and I hope, and I'm sure you don't, but I hope you don't try to, I hope you don't ever feel like you're in the place where I'm like, Oh, I got to make these white people feel comfortable. Absolutely not. Like even at, at work sometimes or, or like a particular way, there's mostly hardly any, any black people or any, any people. So there's mostly white people and mostly men. Like, oh, cause it's, it's my job you're to working keep them with. happy. Right. No, it, even at even at work and on the plane too. Yeah, it's my it's my job to keep them happy and safe and give them. Like, if they're uncomfortable about the color of my skin, that's really not my problem. Like turn your head out the window for the whole flight and, and don't speak to me if you don't want to here. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I um I appreciate you being so honest and like. Let me ask you, I'm going to be, I'm going to ask you, honestly, were, were these inappropriate questions to ask or, or were they okay? No, I, I feel like these were just fine. Um, it, it would take a lot to probably offend uh, me or make me uncomfortable. Well, you know, that's not my job. Of course, my job, I, I, I just, <laughs> I, I adore you. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is get people who are listening to understand if they have biases or if they think those ways, I want them to hear us talking so they could say, oh, oh, that, oh, it's not my, you know, maybe there will be one person who's like, oh, it's not my job. Oh, it's not their job to make me feel uncomfortable. I never thought of it like that. That's good. And then I think it, I think that's a good thing. I'm yeah. one person at a time. But before I let you go, I want to play my game. Let's get grounded where I ask you a question. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to pick an airline. I'm going to name the airlines. You pick the airline that you, I guess, like the most or whichever one you want. And then I ask you the question. So okay. let's see. American Airlines, JetBlue, Southwest, Frontier, or Delta? And this is the one I like the most? Or anyone. You could pick anyone. Anyone. It just depends on what question you're going to get because each one is a different question. Okay. I'm going to go with JetBlue. JetBlue. That's my favorite question. All right. I'm going to go with Is that your favorite airline? <laughs> it is. Like, I love their uniform. The fire attendants are nice. They have good snacks. And you know who can't. 
soda. <laughs> you get the whole can of soda on JetBlue. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what? That's important to some people. That's important to some people. So you like the. Um, if I'm going on a, a six hour flight to Vegas, I want like the whole can of soda, not just a cup. I want to keep asking for resources. Do you know what pisses me? Like I do that. Like I get out the whole thing. Like right. I don't have to. Oh, that's good. That's good. I, I get frustrated when I'm in, like when I would um, be commuting and I brought some candy for the flight attendants and I'm sitting there and they walk by and they're like, can I get you something? I'm like, I'll have a ginger ale. And they pour me a cup. I'm like, you better give me that can of ginger ale or I'm taking those chocolates I'm back. Like, I'm going to ask you for a free drink. Like, just give me the can. Like, buy me a sandwich on the low or something. Like, yeah, just, I'm not asking for much. <laughs> just give me the can. All right, JetBlue question. <laughs> On a flight from Los Angeles to Sydney, Australia, if you could sit next to any famous person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? And the reason it's LA to Sydney is just because it's a long flight. So imagine you're on an airplane, it's a really long flight. Who, dead or alive, would you want to sit next to and be able to talk to? And why? Oh, God. Um... I would probably say Anita Baker or Tony Braxton because they're both my favorite singers. So I'd probably mm. just try and get them to sing to me. What about or if you were karaoke? <laughs> well, I've never seen Anita Baker in concert, but I have seen. I actually saw the Braxtons um, in concert in California, and I'm a big, big fan of Tony Braxton. So if you were sitting next to Tony Braxton and I was working the flight, I'd probably have to not, I'd be like, man, Miss Braxton, we're moving this lady for bothering you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd be like, He's no, just like he just wants to sit by you. <laughs> what would you ask, what, what would you ask Tony Braxton or Anita Baker? If you could have one question, what would you ask that? It would probably be maybe like what inspired like their 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 biggest hit song that people love from like the like so Tony Braxton. I would probably like ask her like when she because you know she suffers from from lupus. So I would probably ask her like how you know her health or you know how like she and she advocates for that. So I would ask her about her her advocacy mm. and her philanthropic work about um, the lupus foundation she works with. Well, you know, I would love to sit by Tony Braxton too. I don't, you know, I know Anita Baker, but I'm a, I'm a very, very big Tony Braxton fan. He wasn't man yeah. enough for me is probably my favorite Tony Braxton song. I listened to it like it just came out. I, I, I play it all the time. Like it, it, it comes up often in, in my home shuffle playlist. Do you love, do you love that song? I love that song. And I love the music video. I love, I love how it starts in a cartoon and Robin Givens is in the video and it's just perfect. So, oh, I love that you love Tony Braxton. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I talked about her. Tony Braxton all day. <laughs> Shamika, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please. Oh, let... we're done already? Oh yeah, we're done. It's an item. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, oh, what? You want to, we could talk more if you want. You want to ask me some questions? You're like, no, I don't. What do you want to talk about? I'm, I, I, we could talk all day. You if are you so have cute. time, <laughs> so you cute. can always have me back. Well, let me ask you another question then. I'll ask you another question. Pick another airline American, Delta, Alaska, Southwest. Um, Delta. Delta. Oh, okay. This is good. If you were offered a free vacation anywhere in the world, 
So if I came to you and I said, Shmika, I'm going to pay for you to go on vacation. You were like, what? I was like, yes, I'm paying for you to go on vacation. Where is the one place you would never want to visit? Never want to visit. Um, like any, any place? Any place on the planet. Any place, country, city, I don't care. Like if I was going to pay for you to go somewhere, where would you not want to go? It would probably be anywhere but Miami or Vegas or Atlanta or Los Angeles because everybody goes there. It's so it's so basic. Like every everybody goes there. But um, aside from that, oh god, probably London. Like I went there once and it it wasn't all that. Like oh, you didn't like London? I did not. What didn't you like about London? Well, when I went, it was it was like it was in October, but it was like cold and like gloomy, rainy a little bit. Like it, it just did not live up to the hype. I felt like it, it had like it was it was a bit boring. It was boring. Have you ever been to Dublin? I have not. It's boring to me. I've been twice. Um, you know what? And you know, all the Irish people are going to hate me. But if you want to go to Dublin, just save yourself some money and go to Boston. It's the same fucking thing. I like. They're a bunch of drunks. They got a funky accent. There's cobblestone streets. It's all the same. <laughs> I'm going to get some hate mail on that. But it's yeah, like you don't get some daggers in the <laughs> I'm going to get some daggers like I did at the grocery store, and then I'll have to cut someone. <laughs> Shabika, please tell everyone where they can follow you on social media so they can fall in love with you like I did. Um, the Curvy Cutest, like you mentioned, is my, my Instagram name. And I'm on Twitter as well as the Curvy Cutest. I don't post on there nearly as, as much as I do on Instagram. But Instagram is, is the way to go. I like to hang out and talk. Very nice. Yeah. Hey, um, are you are you single? Are you dating? I mean, I will find you a man. Well, I shouldn't prom- I shouldn't single. make a promise. <laughs> she's single and she's curvy and she's on Instagram, and y'all need to follow her because she's fabulous. Oh, stop! Don't make me blush. Are oh, you I'm blushing. Well, no. You know what? I really I'm not lying. I be- I truly believe that you have a great message to deliver to people just by being yourself by being proud of who you are and loving yourself. And I think you don't even have to say a word. You just keep doing what you're doing and people are going to feel good. I promise you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. for. Well, you are fantastic. And thank you for coming on the show and please be safe. And listen, happy birthday. Cause you're like, you said your birthday is on July 26th, the big three. Oh, Oh God. Oh, Are you scared? I'm not even looking forward to it. Are you scared about turning 30? I'm like, oh, God. I am. I am. Oh, don't be. I'm not in my 20s no more. Like, I'm like, I feel like a full-fledged, don't adult. (laughs) Well, you're definitely an adult now. But you know what your 30s are? Your 30s are are still like being in your 20s. You're just smarter with a little bit more knowledge and experience. So you're going to enjoy your 30s better than your 20s cuz in your in our 20s we I'm really sure I will. I'm much. just being dramatic oh, right now like you're I'm dramatic just... no you're a flight attendant <laughs> and you're dramatic no all right honey 
You take care and I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay. Thank you for being on the show. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll get alerts when new episodes air. Also check out Flight Attendant Joe on Facebook and Instagram. And if you still haven't had enough of me, (laughs) check out the blog at www.flightattendantjoe.com.